Good morning. It's Tuesday, February 2nd, 2016. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 231. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Hey, Angela. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Guess what? What? We have some great stories to cover today. That is fantastic. coming up later in the show, Angela has brought a Kickstarter of the week that I know nothing about. Kick it! So we'll be bringing that in, too. So uh, let's get started with the news. And to do that, we need our panel of assembled experts. That is the Mumble Room. Time-appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Hey, Hello, guys. So uh, I love this because weirdly, if you break the story down in its very essences, just down to the core story, we are now training dinosaurs to capture flying robots. If you believe that uh, birds are an evolution of dinosaurs, Dutch police are training eagles to capture drones. Look at that, Ange. Look at that, Jim. <laughs> yeah, look at that guy. Is it? Doesn't he look like he? He's oh, what, what's that? A drone? Let me go get that. Yeah, boom, he gets it. Uh, I don't know. That's actually the coolest thing yet uh, because it it just it looks so epic. Like, could you imagine you're flying there and getting footage of this, and this bird comes in and grabs your drone? This wow. would be pretty cool. Yeah. So this is something they're hoping. Obviously, it's only going to get certain sized drones, but the Dutch National Police have decided to take unusual an unusual approach to capturing rogue drones, which apparently is. Is quite a problem. You know, uh, China's tried nets. We've talked about that on the show yes. before. And they do like a net with drones, like a whole bunch of drones or something. I can't remember exactly what they're. Uh, the Dutch approach, though, is to train a raptor to swoop up the offending aircraft like it is prey. You know, let's do a little uh, let's do a little YouTube slots here and uh, let's try playing this uh, random YouTube video. <laughs> See what we get. I've oh, nice uh, stock clip there. All right. Okay, this is amazing so far. <laughs> it's a drone. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I don't understand what he's saying, but I definitely... Okay, so they're letting the, the, the dinosaur go. Now, the dinosaur is flying. Boom, grabs it. Look at that. The dinosaur. Now, how does it not get hurt, and though? It's been decommissioned. Look at that eagle. Look at that thing. Yeah. Males are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. The eagle is just, he thinks he's people. Yeah, he really does. It's so cool. You know, uh, <laughs> where I'm living at, there's a nest of two eagles that apparently are mates. I don't know if this is like a thing, but oh. two bald eagles that hang out together. And they are, they really do. And they are, they have some too. Like they'll, uh, when birds fly into their territory, they'll start making this weird noise. It's, it's their characters. So they're very smart. They seem to be pretty complex animals. Uh, and <laughs> this seems kind of like a low-tech solution to a high-tech problem. Obviously, only going to scale to a certain size drone. Yeah, yeah. And next, you're going to see, like, then dogs trained to go retrieve the drone after yeah. the eagle's town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they sniff out the eagle smell to find the drone. <laughs> and and I wonder if they're more inclined to do this anyways because it kind of looks like prey. But wouldn't, wouldn't to the eagle, wouldn't the eagle think that's a bird? So that's like a cannibalistic, like it's a bird eating a bird. Well, they're not. Oh, like that's a drone, or that's a that's not a flying mouse. Like, they're, well, they're, they're, they're pretty smart though. Animal Kingdom's weird, man. Huh. <laughs> I would be worried. You know, all all drones have propellers. Yeah, I was worried about that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, are yeah. eagles going to be losing their toes? You know, just before we started the show, I was ranting about how sick and tired I am of seeing two things on websites everywhere I go. Yes. Privacy notice changes. I don't care about website privacy policies because I employ extensions or private browsing mode or something like that in my browser. So that way I don't have to worry about their privacy policy. And the other thing I'm getting real sick and tired of, and I've talked about this before really, is cookies. I don't care about the fact that your site uses cookies. You don't have to notify me about cookies. I know about cookies. If I don't want cookies, I'll block cookies. I want cookies. Yeah. Uh, and so it's with some sort of uh, interest that this next story cropped up this week. Microsoft's Edge web browser's private browsing mode 
uh, isn't actually private. Ah. <laughs> Who's surprised? Raise of hands? Uh, hello. Hey, you've got it right here. You want to try it? No. I booted this into Windows I'll, 10 just I'll for mess, I'll mess just something for you. up. Oh, no, yeah. no, it's fine. I booted I did it just for you because it's like oh, we have this wow. unactivated install oh. here. So, uh, yeah, here you go. Here's Microsoft Edge. This is the Microsoft browser, the new browser Jeez. experience. Are you ready, Inge? Okay. Now start going. What do you want to do? Take off the mask. It looks like IE. Yeah. Well, it is probably IE. Now, you know what's interesting? No URL bar, right? Just full screens. Isn't that? So you got to start searching right away. Uh, look at my horse. My horse is amazing. <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> hey, look, I just did a Bing search for you. So there, now you're off on the Bing. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So that's Microsoft Edge. You can close it now. I just wanted to show you. Uh, so the forensic examination of most web browsers have proven that they don't have a... Well, what are you, what are you doing over there now? Oh. Look at my horse. My horse is amazing. Give it a lick. Ow! Uh, don't get it pulled down. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the uh, so they look so some researchers are looking into this, and in the case of Microsoft Edge, the private browsing isn't a feature as much as it seems. Previous investigations of the browser have resulted in revealing that websites visited in private mode are also stored in the browser's web cache file. Uh, the container underscore n table stores web history and a field name called flag with a value of eight, and it shows websites that were visited in private mode. Wow. Yeah. An investigator can easily spot the difference and use the evidence against a person. The not-so-private browsing feature by Edge makes its very purpose seem to fail. And you can't help but ask how such a fundamental aspect of private browsing was so fantastically borked. It borked. Yeah. Beggars believe. Uh, is this a mistake, Mumble Room? Or was this an intent? I mean, this seems this seems like law enforcement said, like, Look, Microsoft, we have this great relationship with you. We'd love to continue working with you. If, if, you could, if you could make sure that when people are in private mode, they don't disappear because when they go in private mode, they're selling children on the Internet for Bitcoin, and we need to track them. So you've got to give us a way to access this. Do you think that's a possibility what happened here? I, 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 it's, it's, that's a really good question. I, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, one of those Microsoft things where they're pushing their new stuff so quickly that they really did manage to screw something up that badly or they, they, they really, you know, I don't know if it's willfully they're doing this. I don't think very many, you know, companies would go ahead and say, yeah, we're doing this to go in to protect the user. Cause I think a lot of law enforcement agencies would also most likely start using edge. And they would probably want to be able to go and to clear their tracks if they have to clear that stuff. So. Well, that's a great point because if anywhere, this browser is going to get the most traction in businesses and – or it could be government, right, uh, where you're doing standard IT installations, image deployments, managed with group policy. Yeah. That's pretty good insight. Anybody else? Yeah, you think uh, um, the uh, private browsing mode still has to have a working back button. You know, So is there just a bug here that – they're forgetting to delete this when you exit private browsing. Very well. It could be some sort of bug like that, right? Uh, it seems like uh, when you are developing a private browsing mode, you would test for these kinds of things, though. But, yeah, it's definitely – I mean, it absolutely could be a bug. Very good point, North Ranger. Uh, was, who was next? Who was – anybody else going to – I thought there was one other person. There was. Different. I just didn't get to see whose name lit up. No? Any takers? Okay. I I would – I would like to say it's a bug. I don't know if we'll ever know for sure. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if really they're going to either way claim it to be a bug. So that's always going to be the official story. WW, your thoughts on Edge? 
Uh, I think it might be like because Microsoft has integrated Edge in their Outlook services with the OS so much. Maybe it's a really bad bug for that, and they just haven't addressed it yet. Instead yeah, of you yeah. know, they actually, it's still worrying. But it, it might it might be hopefully a bug, and they can figure it out. And they can go, oh yeah, because I know they've updated their privacy policy on um, Windows 10 now, so. I'm hoping it's an error on their part. Two things I think are true about this story. The first being that it may be a bug. It's totally possible and we will never actually know for sure. Second thing that's true about this story is regardless of it was intentional or not, we have seen through the Snowden leaks, but also just through recently at the uh, Chaos uh, uh, Community, Community Club, or I forget what that conference is called. It was in Germany. The one that just, you guys know what I'm talking about? The Chaos Computer Club that holds a convention. Yeah. Uh, so just at this last convention, two of the same exploits were demonstrated that these guys found off in their own private develop, you know, just banging on something. And they came to the to the conference to show their results. They both have the same results. And it, it, it has been shown that a lot of times what we think is a recently discovered flaw is – Recently discovered to the public, but there are other people out there that are aware of these flaws that are able to take advantage of them. And through the Snowden leaks and through uh, through some papers that uh, Jacob Applebaum released, we know that the NSA has sometimes been a year ahead of some of these public disclosures and is able to take advantage of these things. Uh, and at a recent talk, it was really, really super insightful. One of the uh, folks who heads up the NSA's uh, custom-tailored access team was at a talk. And they said the difference in how we view networks and how you view networks, you being the system administrator or implementer, is you know the technology that's on your network and the hardware you've bought and the software you're running. That's what you know really well. What we know really well is how that technology actually works and what's actually wrong with it. We have So when we see certain systems, we know, we know things about those systems that you don't know, and so we're able to take advantage of them. Uh, and so that's exactly this kind of thing is they, they have teams – that investigate these kinds of things, research these things, and then sit on them. So even if it wasn't intentional, it's still going to be exploited by somebody. And now that it's out there, it's known, <clears throat> there will always be somebody who doesn't install the patch, right? Hopefully Microsoft gets this resolved soon. I find it weird that it passed, like, quality control testing. Yeah, especially when you're developing a private mode. Like it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, like, what the heck? That makes me think that, that it's not a bug. Speaking of buggy browsers, oh, here, hold on real quick. Let me close this notice about their privacy policy. There we go. And everything now shifts up on the page. Rest in hell, Java plugin. Good news from the world <laughs> of online security. Oracle developer of the Java plugin that has been making browsers insecure since 1995 <laughs> has finally announced it's sending it six feet under. The Java plugin isn't dead immediately. It will be depreciated in the next release of the Java developer kit, which is a fancier way of saying Oracle will sweep it under the rug and encourage people not to use it. The functionality will be fully removed in some later releases once everyone said their final farewells. Let me just say, this has affected me because... Minecraft actually oh, released right. a yeah. new launcher, yeah. Java-free. Really? Yes. Now, but you still need Java to run Minecraft, don't you? Or is it like a self-contained? I mean, Java, Minecraft itself is written in Java. Well, I said the launcher. The launcher, right, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know beyond you that. Because the problem before is, right, you update Java on your system and sometimes it could mess it up. Forks, yep, because yeah. it's a Mac, yeah. And that's only a Mac thing? Uh, as far as I'm aware, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, that, was best. <clears throat> that may be true. It may also be a, a Linux thing, too. 
Uh, so uh, Inagogi, it's still the launcher itself is still Java, but was it self-contained Java or how's that work? Yeah, self-contained Java. Okay, so they're basically getting away from the external updates problem. Are they then now responsible for security stuff? Yes, mainly because they were having problems with the newer versions of Java, so they're putting inside their own one to prevent problems. And so they're rewriting Minecraft. Wow. wow. In what, C-sharp? Or what are they rewriting it in? They're not rewriting it. It's still Java. No, Rekai in the chat room says they're rewriting Minecraft. I've heard that before, too, that, they, that they're working on a rewrite of it, hmm. which would be huge. And it would make you wonder if they're going to still support Linux. Oh. Yeah, that would suck. C++ Rekai Is Java says, the only reason well. why Minecraft works on Linux? What you get with Java is you, you get built-in cross-platform support because the runtime uh, is built for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Right, it's and a then, common threat. There's a, yeah, yeah okay, so – uh, yeah, and that's why you know they're able to move it to a lot of other platforms too. But the Java plugin itself is a total, total security hole, uh, and really it has to happen. Uh, Chrome and Firefox and Microsoft Edge are all dropping support for the Netscape plugin API, the old school plugin API. Chrome's already moving beyond it, so this is already happening. This was this with the writings on the wall. Java plugin was going to have to go anyways. Speaking of the Googs. People are reporting that the Googs is getting some serious iPhone envy and planning to take more direct control over the design of its next Nexus smartphones, taking a step to make it more in line with how the iPhone is developed. According to the report, Google CEO Sundar Pichai wants to vertically integrate, direct quote, Google's phone operations, adapting them to more closely resemble how Apple develops and manufactures its phones. (laughs) Google will reportedly treat those hardware makers more like Apple treats Foxconn, as merely a contract manufacturer instead of a development partner. Going forward, Nexus phones may only have the Google brand on them. For example, uh, in the future, you could maybe see like the Nexus 7 or 8 that's not built by LG, but is, you know, say it's built by Apple. Or, I mean, uh, Google, sort of like Apple says that the, fo- that the iPhone isn't built by Foxconn. They say it's built by Apple. Uh, what do you think, Mumble Room? Is this a good move for Google to sort of shape up the Nexus line? Is this anti-competitive? What, is this bogus? What are your thoughts? Well, so the, the whole thing was, was you know, Google's been having this problem where, you know, they started off Android and they say, do whatever you want with it to all the manufacturers out there. You know, adopt what we have and, you know, and use it wherever you can. And just kind of people abuse the system. You know, Samsung made TouchWiz and, you know, angered so many people. By the way, Samsung S6s are just now starting to get the Marshmallow update rolled out to them. Uh, what? It, it's, it's been months. I mean, it's ridiculous. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 like, they made all this kind of stuff that goes and breaks default functionality, right, in Android. And so Google goes and says, oh, okay, we're going to start locking that things down a bit. We're going to, you know... Instead of going and, you know, doing all this stuff, we're going to make proprietary apps. That right. Are like Step one was we're going to develop the Play API and we're going to make all of the best. And really, I mean, let's be honest, it's not a horrible – it's not like it's some evil plan to say, you know what we're going to do is we're going to make really great apps that consumers demand and then manufacturers are going to want to sign on with the whole Play thing because they want those apps. And we're going to make sure that they're integrated super well. Pretty savvy move, but that was like definitely like they laid down – they're, they're lying in the sand and said, this is the spot where we're going to make sure we own this much of it. And that was a huge move. And then later, they signed contracts with Samsung and got 10-year uh, multi-patent licensing. And in exchange, Samsung agreed to dial back their customizations, dial back their research on S-Voice. I think that, I think that is very telling. In a go-go, I want to take it from here, yeah. 
I, I think it's also more of a thing to allow iPhone users to move across easily because to iPhone users, it probably looks like the Android market's pretty messy. So if there's like Nexus, yes. there's a very uniform thing to move across to that won't not work. You know, I think you're onto on something. You yeah, like kind of like elementary OS. From for Mac users mm-hmm. coming to Linux, yeah. only <clears throat> only only like I mean, one of the really nice things about the iPhone is you don't you don't have this fear. There's two, there's really a, a lot of nice things actually when you go to buy an iPhone is you don't have to worry like are you going to get the one that has the right camera versus screen versus uh, battery life. Right, you're just going to get either the big one or the not big one, and then it's just how much storage do you want. That is a much simpler decision matrix for consumers, especially non-savvy consumers, yep. than the Android matrix. Like, and you would have no idea which would be the best Nexus phone or Android hate, phone. I would or, hate to have to compare. Like battery size or yeah. or time. You or just want to like know that, that if I you just, need yeah. to use your phone to take a picture of the kids, you're, you have a great chance of getting a good shot. Yeah, that's the what Nexus you want to know. The Nexus is what the app is Google's answer to Apple. I, I, I and but so far I would say you know the Nexus phones haven't always stacked up, and this is something that really bothers me about the Nexus line because it's super underreported. But every phone, every Nexus so far has had some issue that is extremely aggravating. Like uh, there is some Nexus phones that are just extremely slow to take the photo. There are some Nexus phones that have a weird focus issue. There, and there's always like these little – or there's some, there's some Nexus phones that have had some Wi-Fi problems. And there's these little edge cases that if they just maybe had more control over the entire process, maybe those kinds of things wouldn't happen. Uh, and also, you know, uh, that's also a good point. Enterprises – would like to know what's a good phone we can invest in that's going to get years of security patches. Mm. You know, because I think, what is it, the 4 or 4S is, is still capable of running uh, iOS 9? So one argument you could make for the iPhone is you know you're going to get three, four, or five years of security patches. You can't make that same guarantee. Even though you can't guarantee four or five years on a Nexus device. So if Google could, and, and sometimes some of the things that have prevented them from continuing to update them, because I've, I've been burned by this, is Google had a deal break uh, fall apart with one of the people that was making one of the chips in the phone, and they could no longer they could no longer license a driver, and so they just stopped releasing OS updates for that Nexus device because they didn't have a license to a driver in anymore, and that kind of stuff can't happen. I yeah, I would be I would I would find a Google phone compelling. I've always said I think the best phone would be if Nokia made Android phones, hmm. but uh, I think that would really be something. We need a Nokia soundboard. Clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, oh, yeah. That one? Okay, Ange, I put this last story in here for you because I, I think you're going to be excited about this. Okay. There is a lot of smoke around this rumor, so I think there could be some fire here because usually <laughs> when there's this much smoke, there wow, is some truth a, to it. That's a great. Okay. This is how you gauge Apple rumors to see if they're worthy of actually coming to the show. Sure. It's, look, it's looking like Apple is going to have a March 15th event also. Uh, soon. Mark Gurman over at 9to5Mac has pretty much a spotless track record. Uh, Apple is eyeing March 15th event for iPhone 5SE. Yes, please. And iPad Air 3, an uh, no, Apple Watch update. Now, the big rumor about the 5, this is why I put this in here for you, uh, the Apple is planning to re-bring, uh, reinvigorate, I guess you could say, the 4-inch screen size by replacing the iPhone 5S with the iPhone 5SE that includes an A9 chip, which is a crazy great trip, uh, chip, improved camera, support for taking live photos, and uh, Apple Pay. Uh, internals will be revamped. The 5SE's externals uh, nearly mirror the 5S, uh, save for less shiny and possibly slightly curved edges. 
The 5S will be priced the same as the 5S according to sources, starting at $450 is unlocked for 16 gigabytes, and a 64 gigabyte model will also be offered. Yeah, I I struggle with 30 gigs. Struggle. <laughs> I, know. I, I, went, went, I went 128 on my last one just because now they have 4K cameras in them. Yeah. And I shoot a ton of video. Yeah. Well, this is great because my iPhone is two years old now, and uh, despite it not having – like it really sucked that when they came out with the Apple Pay – that it only worked with the six, but because I have an Apple watch, it actually does yeah, work does. with the five S. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really looking like that's not a selling point no. for me. And plus, the you, better have camera, you ever used it? What? Apple pay? No. <laughs> Hagen's, <laughs> Hagen's takes I know it. I should. I, there, I've been a couple of places where they do. I just, nah. um, I will eventually. I'm just not there yet. Uh, it's not, it's, I mean, you know, whatever. better camera, better functionality. My, my phone is having such a hard time and then not having to worry. I, I will get the 64. Definitely. I think you're, what you will notice is a huge, huge speed improvement. Uh, one of the, I think one of the stories that people who really follow the hardware, well, it sounds like this is just, I'm not sitting here trying to talk up the iPhone. This is just literally, in my opinion, the, the market dynamics. Uh, Apple every year has really, really kicked ass on their A8 and A9 CPU. And I think the Snapdragons, like I said before, have been really an underperformer. That's not just my opinion either. That's an Antec and other uh, reviewers' opinions that the uh, Snapdragons have just underperformed this year. And so you are going, you would be going from like an A7 or something to an A9 CPU, which is much faster. I mean, you would, you would really notice a difference in battery life yep. and in speed. Good. And on a four-inch screen, I would imagine you probably get pretty good battery. And I only life. have to wait just a little over a month. March is what they're saying. Uh, who knows when it'll be shipping? Sure. But, uh, oh yeah, right. And you know, this brought up something that was interesting. Is uh, there was a debate in the subreddit that uh, because Linux Academy released a app for iOS before Android, that it was sort of anti-Linux for some reason, hmm. and that you know, if you're a, if you're a true Linux user, you support Android. And I just I I don't get the connection there because Android is not Linux. Hmm. Android is Google's own thing that runs on top of a Linux kernel. Uh, and if you look at the history of Android, it is in no way a user a user first advocate operating system, and I, I don't I don't find one to be less particularly proprietary or evil than the other. Mm-hmm. So, I think the I think the the truth of the matter is is that the you know I've had a lot of Android phones as you will attest to. <laughs> Did you guys hear my eyes eye roll? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I the the iPhone 6s Plus that I have, mm-hmm. it is upstairs right now. On the charger, because I have not had a chance to plug it in, in the last two days. But my battery lasted two days. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And now in the operating system, when it gets down to twenty percent battery, it goes into low power mode, mm-hmm. and then, I mean the thing just doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I listen, and that's listening to podcasts while driving, and all of that. Let me. Um, it's and really. Dancing, I mean, yeah. that's that. Just the, just a wrap of the thought. That battery life combined with that screen and the, how freaking fast that thing is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to at least admit it is a compelling product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if, if Google could make something that semi-competes with that, I would absolutely be interested in that product too. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to uh, mention that my the reason why I haven't gone iPhone 6 is because girl pockets. Just mm-hmm. It's a size thing. Size yeah. matters. I need it smaller. Yeah. Now, Sam, now, this is all uh, like a WW is pointing out is uh, – this is all right on the eve of a huge Samsung event that's been scheduled. Mm, for probably, phones? Probably, yeah. Probably <laughs> because of this event, right? And uh, you know they're going to be talking about Samsung Pay. That's going to be a topic, Oh, jeez. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's is a Is that thing. a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. 
Holy crap! Really? <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. It's like on the on the radio, on like TV. It, they even have like Hannibal Burris, who's like a a famous, a fairly new and famous comedian, like showing how he's going to this old-timey deli and they're all oh we don't take that here you can't pay with your phone and then he pays with his phone on their old pay hardware so they're kind of like saying oh look apple we can do this and you can yeah they're doing are they doing like a magnetic stripe emulation thing or how's that work yeah, I think it's yeah. some kind of. I know that strike. I know that the company they they bought or uh, uh, to do that had a, had a technology like that. Hmm. Uh, it's going to be an interesting competition. I, I I'm not so I'm not totally thrilled about it, but at the same time, I forget my wallet so often, and I never forget <laughs> my phone. So there's there's that too. All right, Andrews, let's open up the uh, Kickstarter segment. Kick it! Now, uh, Angela submitted this one. It has 56 backers. It has 58 days to go. They have a goal of a hundred thousand dollars. Ten. They, Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Jeez, that's yeah, ten thousand dollars. Okay, all right, this is doable. I think ten thousand dollars, and they've currently raised two thousand seven hundred and fifty-five. Stop Motion Magazine, a one-year subscription. What's this about? Well, um, Dylan wants to get into stop motion videos using um, Minecraft. I think it was Minecraft or Angry Birds. I think it's Minecraft. Yeah, um, and. I just I think it would be interesting if we did back it. I think he would benefit from it a lot. So it's a one year subscription to Stop Motion Magazine for both print and digital versions. So this, you know, it's it is pretty hard these days to make a freaking magazine. So I guess yeah. going into it, if you had some funding ahead of time, that would probably make it a pretty doable thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Minecraft Stop Motion would be interesting to do too. That's uh, what, yeah, that's what he wants to do. Hmm. Hmm. I thought it might be a really neat way um, for him to get. I don't know. It would just be like a project for him to do. And you have to contribute a kind of higher amount in order to get the print versions. Yeah. So here's here's your different levels. For, so for 10 bucks, you get a digital only for a year. Uh, for 20 bucks, you get Stop Motion Magazine t-shirt and a digital subscription. Uh, now, here's where you start getting something, though. At 30 bucks, you get a one-year print issue subscription. And at 50 bucks, you get a one-year stop, uh, subscription to uh, Stop Motion Magazine, four full issues released every three months, plus digital downloads, and I love Stop Motion ticker, sticker and a T-shirt. That's probably the one you'd want is uh, is uh, either the one-year print issue subscription mm-hmm. or the one-year print issue. So this – I don't like how they word this. One-year print issue subscription and one-year subscription to Stop Motion Magazine. Yeah, I don't know It why. makes it sound like two different things. Yeah. But anyways, uh, all right, Mumble Room, your thoughts on funding a magazine this way and something like that. It's sort of – they're asking you to sort of get into the magazine before you've had a chance to read it. What do you think of that? It That's works, some, it works sometimes. Yeah. You have to know the – I suppose if you know the folks behind it. All right, somebody else jump in. What were you going to say? I know you were there. I f- I think it might only work better if the people making the magazine have made a magazine before, like with the Linux Voice, because they would have come from one magazine and were starting their own one. I wonder. I wonder. I bet if we looked into the back, I'm guessing by their background and the, the production they have here, uh, I'm, be- I'm betting they do have uh, experience with this because it looks like they really have their stuff broken out. Uh, I like their pie chart here, the funding pie chart. That's pretty great. The cost of running production is easily broken down using a pie graph. Boop, 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 a stop motion pie graph. Did you see that? Yeah. That's great. Yep, that's cute. That's adorbs. Um, I think it's a pretty good one. I would say I think it might be worth funding. Anybody in the member room want to argue against funding before I make a declaration? Going once, going twice. All right, our Intel poll says. We're stopping the fire! 
right, barely. I don't think it was an enthusiastic backing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was an enthusiastic backing, but I say at really thirty bucks, it could be pretty cool. I'd say that's probably worth it. Thirty bucks, and we'll give you a report on how cool the magazine is. I I, I like the idea of that because then they don't have to do a whole bunch of advertising. I would imagine. I mean, they might still. I mean, magazines are not cheap, and thirty bucks is not a lot of money, really. No, it's not. There are some, you know, there's some Linux magazines that are over a hundred bucks. It's actually, yeah, it's right in line with a year's subscription of most magazines. Yeah, that's that's so. Yeah, thirty actually thirty bucks to me seems low. Now I think yep. about it. We'll have a link to that in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Maybe back it. Maybe you or your kids might like it because that's the nice thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is you're helping them out, and then they're going to start sending you magazines depending what you back it at. Hey, did you know TechTalkToday.reddit.com is a place you could go to submit stories, Kickstarters of the week, your opinion on the show. We'll have a we'll have a review or a feedback thread in there. Did you know that? Did yeah, you know yeah, you know I'm the one that posts it. Oh, <laughs> hmm, hmm. Did you know we also have a mumble room? Yes. Oh, yeah, you can join us over at jblive.tv. We're doing the show on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can get that converted to your local time at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Is there any, oh, patreon.com slash today. I got to mm-hmm. mention that. Um, I'm not ready to sh- talk about it because I feel like we we ha- the really next big thing we have coming is Linux Fest, and that's mm-hmm. really what's going to start taking all of our – Spare cycles, but I've had a lot of really good ideas for the uh, Patreon, and I started a Slack thread that I'm going to invite you to. Yeah. We could start okay. brainstorming on a few things. And mm-hmm. really, I'd love to get your support, patreon.com slash today. There is, depending on the kind of support we see, there's some really big changes we could make uh, depending on uh, your support. That is where we go to raise infrastructure funding for the entire network, pay some of the production Costs and staff and overhead. Yes. And I'm actually about to send out swag level numbers, uh, another swag. So is it too late if people haven't gotten the swag? Could they jump in right now? Uh, well, it, so it's for last uh, month. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it'll be for. But January. you know what? We do have swag levels, so you can get in on the next one yep. over at Patreon.com/slash today. We would love that. Look at that. JBLive.support. Boom. Shortcut. JBLive.support. Look at nice. Blaster. Blaster. Busted out my chair right here too. What do you think of this? Yeah, I know. This chair is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Now we got to get the other one assembled. Uh, but you know. By the way, um, the, the swag level applies to both the unfilter and the Tech Talk today yeah, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, your, your support. So both if of you them support, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Andrews. Well, let's wrap up today's Tech Talk today with a software review, something we haven't done on the show for a while. A review of something that's going to help you move data from your five and a half, five and a half inch floppies mm-hmm. to your what? Your, your five <laughs> I was, and a quarter floppies. I was waiting for something really old inch. to come out. Oh, yeah. your face, <laughs> your face. Yeah, this is about I think about uh, circa nineteen eighty seven. If you need to move data, <laughs> this is a great tip for you guys. See you next day. See you next Tuesday on Tech Talk Today. One in New York, but this one. This cable and its associated software. You know, with the arrival and performance of the PS2, as well as the one million IBM laptop portables, all of which use three-inch discs, you may soon need Brooklyn Bridge to move data off your old five-inch discs. Now, the Brooklyn Bridge is an elegant way to move data from old disks to new. You could do it through the communications port, a file at a time. But the Brooklyn Bridge is 12 times faster and automatic to boot. It operates about as fast as a floppy disk. Now, there isn't much to look at. You add a new device to your configuration file. You select one computer to act as slave, the other as master. On the slave end, you start up the program, then reboot the master. The master gains access to all the disks on the slave. A directory on either machine looks exactly the same. It's as if all the files were on the master. Copy, erase, execute programs. Brooklyn Bridge is $140 from White Crane in Norcross, Georgia. For the Computer Chronicles, I'm Paul Schindler.